welcome to the weekly episode of the Freelancer Codex podcast. Your host, Stephen, and co-hosts Mike, Devin, and JD are all set. Join us and tweet your questions at Freelancer Codex. Find us on Facebook at Freelancer Codex, or send emails to freelancercodex at gmail.com. Strap into your javelins, and let's drop in. Drop in. Welcome, freelancers, to episode 54 of the Freelancer Codex podcast, the longest-running anthem podcast on the internet. I'm your host, Steve, along with my co-host, Michael, Devin, and JD. And guys, it has been a fantastic week. It feels like it's been about two weeks since we recorded last for some reason. I don't know, because we talked so much about the interviews. We talked with William last week. It just seems like there's been a ton going on outside of my anthem world just because we haven't had a lot of anthem information drop in the last week um sometimes i feel like it's kind of like an embarrassment of riches when you get a pax panel you go through it you feel like there's tons of information there and since we devour things like so much we pick it apart like after two weeks you're kind of like oh okay now i'm ready for some new stuff um so i guess that's maybe that's just the weird predicament we put ourselves in doing an anthem podcast that we have to have all the information i don't know it's probably our fault that we feel this way anyway guys we always do this get to know you question so today i want to know from you guys this is a hard one because i know you guys have played a lot of games there's a lot of your favorite games out there i'm sure jd's game is going to include something from the from the bioware library but what is a game that you have completed 100 percent? whether that's 100% achievements, whether that you collected all the items before achievements were a thing. I know some people are alive, they're like, there's always been achievements. Not so. Before achievements were going to the playground and telling your buddy that you beat, you know, you got all the stars in Super Mario 64. So, Michael, starting with you, what is one game that you have 100%ed? So the game that, and I, and I, it wasn't just me on my own, my kids and I have 100% achieved uh, Disney Infinity 1.0. So you're going to have to clarify for me because in order to 100% this game, that means you had to buy every set? Is that what we're talking about? No, 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 no. These are just the achievements. These are just the achievements. Um, a lot of them have to do with building. A lot of them are beating the initial play sets um, and doing some things in the game like like painting Rex with the clown wig or something like that stacking so, four players on top of each other that kind yep, of thing yep stacking four players just so so going just from the achievement standpoint um uh disney infinity 1.0 with the help of my kiddos and and that actually kind of was the first was the first game that we that me and my kids ever did together and we 100 of it so it was pretty very fun nice very cool. very neat jd what is that game that you completed 100 percent um, surprisingly, it's not something from Bioware. I got really close to 100%ing Mass Effect, but there were like two, two uh, achievements that I never quite got. How dare um, you call yourself require, a Bioware fan? It would require How dare me, you, it would require me to like play through the game another like two times, oh, two times, and I wasn't just gonna, another I, two I didn't times. Want to do it. Just another two times, you know, just another like 40, 60 hours. But um, the game that I 100%ed was Armored Core 4 Answer. Um, it's a mech game. Really love it. You had to get like a, a double S or like S ranking on every one of the missions, including this one where you took on like five or six uh, enemy mechs at once. And it took me several tries to get like S rankings on all of them. But it was it was a fun game. I really liked it. Very cool. Devin, you've played games. I've played lots of games. And earlier today when I was 
or yesterday when I was looking at this and thinking about it, I couldn't think of anything. And then as soon as we started, <laughs> uh, I remembered GoldenEye 64. Uh, since, you know, J.D. brought up the Nintendo 64 earlier. And uh, so I unlocked every uh, cheat, you know, or, you know, they had, like, you know, you beat a mission in a certain amount of time. I don't know if any of you have played this game. I'm sure everyone's played this game. We've played it. I have Except for J.D. J.D.'s never played this game. Never played GoldenEye, J.D.? No. No, never have. I played, the only games I ever played on N64 were Star Fox and, I think, Turok. And WWE. Oh, so, I'm, so, I'm so sorry Devin, for you your childhood, JD. Yeah, that's kind of sad. We'll just skip over it. Please send <laughs> but, all the uh, yeah, support no, I, to JD. I worked really hard because I played that game like pretty much every day for a couple years, and uh, got all the cheat codes. I even actually got. Um, I discovered they before it became popular. They had button combos to unlock other cheats uh, in the game, and I actually took a picture and and sent it off to Rare. It was they had the paintball mode. You know, remember paintball mode? Oh, yeah. But I was messing around with the buttons, doing button combos in the cheat menu, doing stuff, and I uh, unlocked a, another paintball mode, but it was like rectangles with stripes. What? It was like the weirdest crap ever, and you could turn it off and on. And so instead of the regular paintball splash, it was a rectangle. And I took it with, like, with the Polaroid of the TV, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, it kind of comes out, and then I mailed it to him. <laughs> Did you take a picture? I was like, oh, what did I, I don't know how I did this, but this, you know. It was like years later when I figured out, oh, it's button combinations. Uh, did you get anything back from them? No. Oh, man. <laughs> no, they, they went under, and then Microsoft bought them, and they started making other games. No, so I'm guessing with the Polaroid, you took a picture of your CRT screen. The flashlight yeah. totally blanked it all so, out. <laughs> They're like, yeah. I can't even read this. Who even knows what this is? So. <laughs> Some kids said it's a weird Polaroid. So I'm surprised. I'm surprised one of your answers does not include a Halo game. You've never 100 complete 100 a Halo game. Um, I four achievements. I mean, like I, if you could consider like Halo CE, I completed on Legendary Solo. Also, well, I guess they didn't have skulls back then, so no, they had skulls. But uh, well, I mean, you had in CE you had to pick them up, and then in Halo Two they had the skulls where you could turn them on. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've completed, uh, I think up up except for Halo Five, I've completed every one of them on Legendary Solo. So I get well the achievement sometimes with all that multiplayer stuff gets kind of hard and yeah. pretty pretty boring. So. All right, games that I've completed. But isn't uh, that the point of them, to go through them and, like, do these obscure kind of things just to say that you did well, it? Well, like, I've done the ones before they have DLC, like for Halo 2 and Halo 3, because they just keep expanding the achievements when they put out DLC. Yeah, and sometimes so. they have, like, get a sniper kill while you're falling through the air from a banshee, and then after you kill someone, hijack a banshee, like, stupid stuff that, you know, it's very rare that anyone gets. That's that, that only Devin can do. Snipe well, people out of the air. Yeah. When they're on your team. All right, stuff that I've done. I've completed Diablo 3. I got 100% achievements oh, on the Xbox. Yeah. Uh, Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past, 100% of that. Ocarina of Time, 100% of that. Uh, Link's Awakening, Final Fantasy VI, Super Mario 64, Super Mario. Those are games that I completed 100% back in the day when I had lots of time to play video games. So, All right, moving on. Guys, we have a couple things to announce. First of all, we have a pin to give away. And this is a Ranger pin, right? If I'm not mistaken, the last of the Ranger pins, or it's an Interceptor pin? Interceptor. 
All right, the last of the interceptor pins, all you lucky listeners had to do was go to our YouTube video and tell us about your favorite faction. So Devin is going well, no, to... No, it the which agent you wanted to oh, work with agent, first. sorry. So. so Devin is going to announce who the winner is, and we will congratulate the winner. Devin, Mike, drumroll. Let, let me scroll through all the responses. <laughs> Alright, we got a winner here. We got a winner. Derek Shooty. I think that's how you pronounce your last name. Shooty, S C H U D Y. Shooty, right? Is that what you guys Close think? enough to me, yeah. I mean. Alright, so Derek, you won. Since, uh, so this is yours. You just let us know your address and we'll send it right to you. Alright, very cool. And that is, for now, that is the last of our giveaways. I think we're going to put something together. Um, we'll, we'll start brainstorming things we want to give away, whether it's a poster, whether it's a print of something, we'll figure something out for our next couple giveaways, but pretty exciting. So guys, this is episode 54 of the longest running Anthem podcast, where we talk about all things Anthem related, getting into a couple things first. Um, Mike Gamble, Ben Irving have been talking to each other on Twitter. I mean... They're at the same office. They could talk to each other in the office, but they do that on Twitter for our benefit so everyone can see that they're communicating with people. And Mike Gamble put out this tweet that got a lot of people kind of in an uproar. He says, I think Ben Irving and I should do a live stream or something. We could like, I don't know, play the game together. So this, it's, these guys, they were joking around with each other, just talking about things. They obviously can't show too much right now or else they would have been doing it. Um, but this created a couple of Reddit threads on the Anthem subreddit. Of people kind of being upset that they, they call this a big tease, right? That you're just teasing us. You're just dangling this carrot out that we can't reach. And there's a there were there were a few people that were really upset about it. Um, do, what what do you guys feel? Did you feel upset about this tweet, or was it this just you know business as usual right now? They're going to be talking about playing the game. We're not going to be able to see anything else until their next big release. How do you guys feel about? Them talking like this, I guess. <clears throat> I think it was just silly banter, right? I mean, yeah. the, it's it's rough. I mean, you're looking at Twitter. They have to keep explaining themselves like, oh, I was just, just joking. I mean, on one hand, they have to know, okay, people are going to be, like, paying close attention to what they're saying. But on the other hand, they can't be, you know, like, they can't force people to read. I mean, because obviously people can't read, you know, the full comment <laughs> section. Because people of, can't of read. Thread. <laughs> and it's just like... Oh, what'd you say? And it's like, no, I was just joking. Did you? It's like, look at the thread. You know, it's like, come on. But uh, I thought I just thought it was funny, and uh, I replied to it. It was it was pretty funny. I just said, do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. nice, good. It would be cool good if they response. did. I mean, some sometimes context is is lost on Twitter. Um, yeah. Like you said, really? people, that's I, weird. Yeah, it is. is It's really weird. That usually you know, never happens. Body language is gone. All that kind of stuff is gone. So, I mean, it's hard. Wow. Like, I'm, I'm sure these guys would love to actually be able to play the game and stream it for everyone because that would get more hype for a lot of people. Um, but right now, they're just not in a spot that they could do that because imagine if they start streaming now, everything that's going to get cut or changed from the game would there'd be a huge uproar if they've yep. got a weapon that does x and then when the game releases it does y because of some other reason jd do you have a you know what what would you say to these guys if you're like do you want them to keep tweeting or do you want them to just stop and cut out all the confusion and maybe the anger will just kind of that expectation i guess would go away what do you think i mean i i think i think the teasing can definitely be fun you know it shows that the developers have a sense of humor to an extent um, however, I do think that there are 
there are times when you know uh, community frustration or something else, um, you know, kind of rears its ugly head, and you want to give people a straight answer. You know, uh, especially in something like this, where it's like, okay, are we teasing that we're going to do it, or are we actually saying that we're going to do it? And I, I, I can understand how this one is particularly frustrating for people because, honestly, if there, if that was just a joke, just say it's a joke. But the whole thing is, that a lot, there's a lot of people who are looking forward to Anthem, and they want to know uh, what we can, well, when we can look forward to the next bit of information, or potentially new information, or new gameplay, or anything really. And uh, yeah, and, and unfortunately, we live in a time where if someone puts out a joke tweet, it's automatically captured, uploaded to Reddit, and there's a billion comments on it that don't have any of that context, and a lot of that yeah. gets lost. But you're right; I would, you know, they they've got good senses of humor, and I would expect that this is kind of a way to you know kind of let it out by talking with fans. Um, where it seems like right now, Twitter is the place that Bioware is talking to everyone. They're not really doing it on their website. They're doing it maybe once a month with a little blog post. Um, but really, Twitter is the place that they're doing it. I haven't been on their Facebook page. I don't use Facebook. I don't know if you guys use Facebook a lot to have seen like the Bioware Facebook page, if they're putting stuff there or not. Are they communicating with fans there? I I haven't been on the they Facebook They don't do page. much on it. They post a few things, but... So then, I mean, that's it. So that's the that's the place where we're getting. There's some um, devs on the Anthem Discord where they're talking a lot. Brendan Holmes was answering a bunch of questions today, not really about you know specific things, a lot about things that have changed. You know, probably things that they can talk about, like hitbox detection, you know, frames that they were using on their models. That as some technical details that doesn't really tell us you know what they're doing what the game is looking at now so i mean even that kind of conversation i think goes a long way with the fans just that level of communication but one thing that we did learn about that made Devin really happy um brendan holmes did say on the discord um that he confirmed there is player collision um it's not something super crazy where you can punch someone across the map but it is he said there's player nudging essentially so one thing that he likes to do while they're in meetings is nudge people off of um, off of platforms or off of ledges while they're talking during the meeting. So, I mean, this is something that should make us all excited because I think this is something that we all wanted. Like, being able to mess with other players like this, I mean, this is fantastic, right? I mean, we've all done this I think this it's kind of cool that it speaks a little bit to what their meetings are made up of. Um, so, I, like, do you imagine everybody around, like, a conference table with their own controller and, like, watching the game up there and they're like... And our quarterly reports are. Uh... Well, I don't know about that kind of meeting, but uh, <laughs> it's all just virtual it, reality. Sure just, it kind of paints a over. picture. All right, here's the features. Here's what we got going in. What do you guys think about this? Is this working out? Will help while he's talking, Brennan still got the controller, and he's like, <laughs> "See ya." I, I think I like Mike's version better, where where everyone in the room has VR headsets on. So when someone's up talking, you know, another dev is like just pushing someone out. And that's where they actually meet. They meet in Fort Tarsus and that's where they have their meetings. We meet in Fort so, Tarsus. We meet in yeah. Fort Tarsus. You meet in first person, you got your VR headset on. And that's what that's really what they should be showing Real us, life like, is over these meetings. Exactly. When it talks about those VR characters of uh, Fort Tarsus, that's who they're talking about. Yeah. And that's ben where they meet. pushing people off. It's probably been pushing everyone off. Probably been in Mike. Those guys, man. Don't at me. Okay, no so that, so I'm excited for that because, you know, it's little stuff like that that, you know, it's not a huge detail, 
but being able to run into someone you're not just like floating through them that which would break the immersion so i'm glad that that's something that they have um that they've confirmed or something at least that they're still playing with so the other bit of news that we have is sony is going to be showing an anthem trailer at the tokyo game show um it doesn't say if that is a new trailer it doesn't say really any other information other than that sony has a lineup of like a billion games on there so i don't know if they're just gonna put it in a uh, what do they call it? like a b-roll and just burn through all these things like microsoft does during e3 but that'll be interesting to see maybe we'll get something new i'm not crossing my fingers or holding my breath at all for that because i just don't think that's it's time i think they would make a bigger deal about it saying hey um check us out at tokyo game show for new gameplay or new story information but because they that haven't plus done I that think, you know that sony doesn't have the marketing it's the marketing is questionable i don't know yeah i mean <laughs> this could it's just like, be something these are things that are being released in you know 2019 from now until the end of the next quarter or whatever well say like, i mean it, 2017 it seemed like microsoft had for sure locked up the marketing but Microsoft doesn't lock up marketing the same way Sony does, where like the developer can't even talk about the other console. <laughs> um, you know, Sony's like, you don't talk about it. those other things don't exist right. until the game comes out. Uh, whereas it is Microsoft's Sony like, all the time. Yeah, we have the marketing, but we're gonna go ahead and let them do interviews on Sony shows, let them show trailers, and I'm just like. Go for the throat if you're gonna pay all that money. <laughs> yeah, and, and if guess, you're paying money, <laughs> and we and we don't know how much money that is. If it's, I mean, Microsoft has gone through a big change from you know when they were on top during the 360 area, 360 era to where they are now, trying to get back with all the other things that they're doing, going cross play with Nintendo. So, I mean, it's it's definitely a different Microsoft than we have seen, yeah. and it's a different Sony than we than we have seen. So, I mean, this is it just kind goes of back and, and forth. Flow, when so. you're on top, you get arrogant. You know, when you're winning, they get arrogant, and they're like. And then, and then PC players care. are like, whatever, we get the game a week early, so I don't care what you're showing it. We're going to be playing it a week before you guys, so which is kind of interesting. So it'll be exciting to see if something if there's something That's new. That's where I'll be. Yeah, not holding my breath, but we'll see if it happens. All right, so now to get into the meat and potatoes of what we really want to talk about today. So we were, we're, yeah, we're going to take a deep dive into the Our World, Your Story um, trailer. We've broken this down. We're going to we're going to explain everything as best we can for our audio listeners. We have some pictures that we'll be showing for our video listeners on YouTube. So, I'm going to switch over my camera so you don't have to see my ugly face to all these screens. Where, no, I'm just going to turn my camera Listen off. to the video. Okay? Listen to it. Listen to the video. Yeah. Watch li- the audio. Listen to this. Is that what I said? That's not what yes. I said. No. All our, all our I, video listeners. <laughs> I would not say that. All of our audio listeners. We'll play back the tape. It's okay. A- now I'll just edit it out. So first thing that we want that to cover, um, guys, this is a shot. We get a shot of Fort Tarsus. Um, if you want to play this video, this is at the six second mark. Um, and it goes, we're going to go frame by frame. Well, not frame by frame, but we're going to go from each scene to scene. Bit by bit. Say that. Piece so the, by piece. The first thing we see is this magnificent shot of Fort Tarsus. We've got the sun over there on the right. We have Fort Tarsus. We've got waterfalls on the left, big giant water pipes coming out of the front part of the walls. And then we've all seen the, there's a pretty iconic shot or piece of architecture in the fort, which is this giant cage-like tower. Um, There's nothing, it's almost like, it resembles the Eiffel Tower a little bit, just in its structure that there's nothing inside of it. It's a bunch of looking ironwork that goes into this. And my thought as I was looking at this, 
Um, do you guys think like this bird cage, that's what I'm going to call it, spider structure is used for anything? I mean, I, I nah. mean, you don't nah, think... It's an, it's an architectural choice. The architect was like, I got to build something. I'm going to build this. It's a beacon of hope. All right, Steve. The beacons. The beacons of Minas Tirith are lit. You can see this from away and know the safety. <laughs> okay. Okay, maybe, maybe I'll buy that. I don't know if it has any functional other than this is what it looks like, you know, I top mean, of be, a cathedral kind of thing. Do you guys, because, I mean, you get something built, like, big and tall like this, and you have things like shaper storms coming through. I mean, they're, I don't know if it's structurally sound or if or the storm blows it over. My thought was, I don't know, maybe it's like a conduit for energy, a receptacle for that gathers the power of the anthem. Because I know, I think we've seen a couple um, amplifier chairs in the fort, when Owen is in it and there's a bunch of other people around, I mean, maybe this is how they collect the power that actually powers the fort. Um, I don't. I haven't seen any of those big giant shaper extension cords plugged in anywhere in Fort Tarsus, so I'm not too sure about that. JD, you have any uh, speculation or hypothesis? Is that what it is? Hypothesis? Hypothesis? Hypotheses? Hypotheses would be correct. Um... I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree that, that it might be somewhat uh, connected to the amplification system for the ciphers. Um, also, it could have something to do with uh, uh, with maybe it was something that was originally planned to be built, um, but after like the freelancers fell from glory or you know whatever happened at a certain point, maybe it's just an unfinished part of Fort Tarsus. People stop I mean, paying it, it, taxes. It, it, it does look like a skeleton of something bigger. So maybe just like they just stop in the middle of it, but as it stands right now, based on the context and everything else we have, I'm going to say it's part of the amplification system for ciphers. All right, very cool. So moving on, we are going to move on. Um, this is a very clear sky. I mean, if you look at that clouds, do you think those? Do you think they actually took video of actual skyscapes like they did in Forza Horizon, so they can put um, like clouds and stuff up there, or do you think that's all modeled or just painted? Could be part uh, of their part. A little There's bit of both, a, maybe. Yeah, Could yeah. be a little bit of both. Yeah, because you got to get inspiration from something. I mean, those clouds are those are pretty. Those are finely detailed clouds. I like it. All right, moving on, guys. We see a giant extension cord. This is the shot that we've seen a couple times. I think this <laughs> even goes back from the very first um, trailer that we saw. Um, where it looks like there's a giant shaper extension cord going up these mountains and in the background we have two planets I don't know if these are moons or they're two they're, celestial objects. They're moons. They, they answered it and asked me that yeah, one that first one they asked yeah, me I think, I think John called them moons. So my my yep. thought as we were thinking about these um, Because we we don't really see the moons in any other skyscape that we're looking at like when we jump off the fort We don't see them there. We only really see them in this one shot so with a planet that has you know, multiple other bodies around it. Whether these are actually orbiting our planet, whether they're, you know, how close we are to the sun that is on this planet. Um, my thought was, you know, since everything is going to really have be based in science fantasy, as they call it, do you think the proximity to these, um, to the moons, are, are what caused the rip stream? Because they're, you know, something so close. Our our moon on our planet affects tides and whatever, all that science science stuff that I never paid attention to. Do you think this is a possibility, at least? Uh, no. <laughs> Mike's going to just shoot down everything no, that I, I had I mean, to say today. Not everything. Not everything. It just seems like it just seems like that that would be too complicated for what for what the what we've learned everything that that the game is doing for now. 
Because we, I, I, I don't, I think it's cool um, visuals, but I don't think that that we're gonna get different, different, differing like seasons or tides or pools or world events based on the astronomy. Because that was another thought that I had. I mean, this would be something that you know, just by moving a planet or one of the other two planets, it could change the season. And that would be a good way to like say, hey, these are where the planets are. This is the season that it is now. Instead of just changing things, oh, it's cold now. I mean, you would have to really reflect that in, you know, why is it cold now? Because the planet's rotating? Is it like a fixed rotation? I don't know. That was just so one of the thoughts that like I had. More of it being like an, a visual indication of like what like what to expect or... Yeah, and, and then you could say, you know, the ripstream, you can't fly higher because of solar winds that are coming off of these moons, and it's just going to knock you down. I don't know. That was just a thought that I had as I was looking at this. Like I said before, we haven't had a lot of new information, so we just go in, we speculate, and we pick these things apart. So, any other comments before? Am I just going to move on? Yeah. We can just move on. All right, just moving on. Devin doesn't care at all about the planet. So, the next thing we have, we get a shot. I don't know what this is. I think this is a shaper storm in these old ruins. It looks like there's, again, in the background, we see a giant shaper extension cord being broken apart. We see a bunch of rings that we have seen before. It looks like there's other architecture just being completely destroyed by what looks like a shaper storm. We've got lava flowing through the middle of this shot. Looks like just complete destruction. And it looks like um, the way it was animated, this looks like somewhere where we can go. This didn't look like a cinematic um seen it all this looked like it was an in-game in-game footage so we've talked about lava before we've talked about environmental effects um looks like you know this is a good example of what that could potentially be um so no just... <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs> no I, th I believe it was uh confirmed by media that this was uh from a shaper store so Okay. Go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Steve. Did you throw off your headset? No, He's I like, did. I'm out of here. I'm just out of here. No, um, you guys yeah, that looks. And... That definitely looks like a shaper storm. Um, the uh, the construction, I'm not sure, or the architecture. Um, I mean, it could be because remember we the first uh, the first trailer we saw, we were flying through the rings when we jumped off of the fort. So this would be um, this would be uh, EA or E3 2017. Yep. And we're flying through the rings, so that could be those rings. Um, and the shaper again, obviously the shaper storm. I don't know if it maybe triggered a volcano or if or if the shaper storm brought the lava. But I mean, it's it's cool looking. And those those uh those long pieces could be the uh, could be the uh, tower we saw in the first the first clip that we looked at. So we're um, foreshadowing, foreshadowing that the tower get, that uh, Fort Tarsus gets destroyed by a shaper storm. That's what this. I don't is. know. Maybe you know. Yep. What, maybe maybe those structures, like JD was was speculating, have have um, they're used in the world, and so there's probably more than one of them. So this could be an old version. This could be like Com Station One. You know, and Fort Tarsus is like Com Station Twelve or something, and and we come across this through a shaper storm that this. Uh, what what are the chairs called again? The uh, amplifier chairs. The amplifier chairs. Um, you know, maybe maybe this is the housing for the amplifier chairs, and that's the top, and this one got destroyed. I think one of the things that's not too far fetched is that if we have people that can teleport and talk to each other, you know, telepathically, that uh, you know, visions of the future probably isn't something that's off the table. So, hey, here's a vision of the future of Fort Charles getting destroyed. So, <laughs> not gonna rule it out. That's for sure. Oh. I mean, 
uh, like look, looking at this picture and then like um, I, I was like glancing at my own background here and you see the rings here. Um, I, I don't know why it brings it up to me, but l looking at it, like we know that the Shapers created the planet. We know that the Shapers basically, their technology created everything and then they just bounced, you know. Um, the, the thing is like looking at this and like this is like the wake of a Shaper storm. Like the if the shape shaper storm like destroyed this stuff, or if it was in the process of making it, and because the technology is like malfunctioning and it left this behind like unfinished, um, like it, maybe that's an explanation for all of these like random rings being around that uh, the shaper storms are just malfunctioning and not finishing what they're starting. Um, I I have no idea. Like maybe terraforming a planet, uh, uh using uh technology to like process its raw materials into like structures or whatever i mean just because they call them their gods doesn't mean that they, they that they didn't uh you know make the planet for some kind of reason i mean you never know it could be like something simple like these guys like basically terraform an entire planet and like a bunch of you know to foster like raw materials to create devices that they could use elsewhere and then once they had that they just took them and left you know like a manufacturing plant, but on a planet-wide scale. Hey, you never know. Yeah. All right, moving on to our next shot here. So, Devin, you threw this one in here, so you get to tell me why you threw this one in here. Oh, I just put this in here because I like the way the ranger looks. <laughs> oh, okay. Everyone just look, get a good look at the ranger now. Get, get a good look hey, at that, so uh, that, paint, that paint job, that iridescent paint job that I uh, talked about. So oh, you mean those ago. camera angles? No, you know, and the shading. one where... You, yeah, where... And shadows. It's just shadows. No, it's just shadows. It's all that all right, moving tracing. On. So, I, I mean, this... On. The textures do look pretty amazing on the Ranger, and if this They is, do. Move it along. Okay. There right. we go. Next you, one. You can just look at that Ranger, yep. Mike. Look all at right, that Ranger. moving on. Okay, is, moving on. Like since, returning. since Mike really does there not want go. us to talk about the Ranger for some reason. I don't. Um, so we get another shot of this is another platform where our four heroes are jumping off of the Fort Tarsus. This is a different platform from the EA from E3 reveal 2017. So it looks like this is lower down on the fort. That first one that we saw from 2017 was almost at the top of the fort. It looks like where all the guns are um, placed. This looks like it's one level down. So there's going to be multiple places that we can jump from. I don't know what benefit that would give you, whether it's just one side of the fort compared to the other side of the fort, but there are going to be multiple um, takeoff locations. So, well, we think, right? Um, well, because yeah, it, it would make sense. Because it would make sense, right? You don't want to jump off. You know, if I have to go, if I have to go south versus north, I don't want to jump off the north. Yeah, so, or east and west. And... Yeah. So I mean. This and you know what? This might not even be Fort Tarsus. This could be a different jumping off point. That's very true. This could yeah. be, there's nothing yeah. saying that this has to be Fort Tarsus. The interesting yep. thing is, depending on where this is, there's not a gun. Um, in, in, what do you call it? Gun emplacement? That's not the right word. Yep. Okay. Yeah. There's not a gun a emplacement. Well, not that we can see anyway. Right. Not that we can see. The other ones not before we when they see. jumped off, they had you know there was guns right up out front. But maybe yeah. this is just a side of the fort that doesn't need to be as heavily defended from air, you know, from flying creatures like the other right. side has. The other side had multiple guns, so there's there's probably some big creatures that they need to take down. I mean, the Wyvern 
probably isn't big enough to warrant you know multiple gun emplacements but so this is pretty but 200 of them might 200 might um i really like the idea of like this is where you meet up as a team and this is where you jump off i just like that visual of grouping up and either just walking off flying or just blasting off i think it's a really cool way to start a mission it's kind or of Devin set- nudging us off yeah, or this is where you get nudged off the platform. Luckily, you can fly, so getting nudged off doesn't right. matter too much. But I just like when that. When you're not visual. paying attention, you're just gonna go. Um, so if you're falling, can you start your flight? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would assume so. Well, yeah, but we've never seen it. Um, maybe not. We don't. Maybe we, haven't. we don't see okay. someone falling and then they're taking falling. off. Maybe it's a maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's a systems thing. That would yeah. you just automatically start flying when you fall. Or you or you automatically start falling when you fly. No, I I think I I I'm guessing it's not automatic. I think when they talked about it, now that I'm remembering, it's just one you push in on the right thumbstick or something, and that starts you flying. So you can fall and not automatically take off. I mean, you can jump. So we saw in 2017 the Colossus jumping like a billion feet in the air and then landing without you know taking flight so you have that ability to control when you start flying or when you don't so if someone pushes you off and they're not paying attention they probably will fall to their death so that's unless that's you catch guess. it in time maybe right well of course unless you catch it in time so yeah if you hit the floor cool. you'll probably die jd you had a Most comment likely. maybe of oh, it's it's kind of it's kind of a, a a dumber comment uh even for me but you know, I, I look. I, and I look that's at saying something, the, uh, JD. That's saying something, man. I I mean, look. The only way we're gonna know is if I say it. So we're gonna Fair say enough. Uh, like I, I I love all these jump off points, and it makes sense that you know that there are multiple exits from Fort Tarsus. But uh, I'm not gonna lie. After years of you know watching Gundam and stuff like that, I just I want to shoot our javelins out of a cannon, like straight into the wilderness. You know. Uh, I know any any of our listeners that watch any kind of like mech anime or Gundam anime have know what I'm talking about, where they just load the load the suits in the mobile suits in the cannon on these like platforms, and the platforms just shoot up the cannon, and they just like basically launch you off. Like I would love to see that in Anthem. I I feel like it'd be a blast, literally. Oh, I see what you did there. It's a pun. So so you mean like in Sea of Thieves, where you climb into a cannon? And shoot yourself to an island. It's not the same thing, and I refuse to say good things about that game. Uh, no, it's pretty much the same. It's exactly the same thing. It's exactly no, the same. What, what, what is robots? I also think. What is I also robots? think. Wiley Coyote did it a few times to. Um, it never worked. Levels of success. It never worked, <laughs> but cool. he did it. All right, moving on. All right, then moving we get on. this shot of flying up the waterfall. Now, you can't really see a ton of this, but this is the first time we've seen, you know, the, this waterfall scene, wherever this is in the game. Um, our characters are flying up it. It looks like a little tunnel. So there's got to be some hidden treasure somewhere in this waterfall. If there's not, um, the game gets like a 1 out of 10. Um, so there's got to be something in there. You're not going to overheat while you're flying up this waterfall. I'm guessing something like this is probably at the end of a cool stronghold. This is the way you get out. But, I mean, if, if, I guess if it's open world, if the exit is just open, that might not make any sense. So, I don't know. I just really like this shot. They're showing a couple different environments, being able to go under the water, the dynamics of the world, being able to cool, cool your jets while you're flying up. So, very cool scene that we got here. That's what we got up the waterfall. Anything else on the waterfall? Or are we just going to pass by this waterfall? Don't go chasing them. That's all I got to say. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. 
Okay, there's lots to unpack this next shot. This next shot, this is what we have. We have, this is our first, um, first, this is our first third person view as the interceptor. We are in front of a legendary Ash Titan, which is new. We've seen a normal Ash Titan before, but this time we have a legendary Ash Titan. We're flying along with a companion, um, Terry Jeffords. I don't know who that is. That's just whoever we're flying with. <laughs> so a couple things to talk about here. Devin, I, I will let you is. break this down first what we're seeing in this image with this interceptor flying right at this ash titan so terry jeffords if you've never watched brooklyn 99 is terry cruz's character <laughs> i've never watched brooklyn 99 yeah so but anyways this is the name of a character from the tv show okay um but yeah so what you're looking at here if you if you look um get the legendary like steven was talking about has a skull above its uh, above its name so which is interesting because later we'll see uh, a more than regular character that uh, does not have a skull above its name. So I don't know. They're playing with that, obviously. Uh, then if you look at the user interface, this is the most current one that they've talked about because the ultimate is up on the D-pad instead of left and right bumper. So um, there's also just a single weapon showing. A lot of people, you know, some places like IGN were like, oh, maybe because you're looking at the perspective from the interceptor you only have that one weapon but i don't i don't believe that's true uh, if you actually look close to, you know on the user interface you can kind of see another weapon behind it but i don't know if that's just shadowing from the way they want it to look but uh, the same effect happens later on when the rangers on the screen we already know a ranger has multiple weapons and uh, so i'm just guessing it's there to condense the user interface and when you sw switch your weapon it'll show the weapon that you have equipped so yeah, I'm guessing that's exactly it. I think there's another shot where you can see the weapon halfway on top of your primary weapon. So I think there these are things that they're just trying to see what feels better. Um, but yeah, yeah, you can definitely you can definitely see the other weapon behind this weapon. There's a the interceptor has three of the same icons um, under it looks like its abilities. Um, its melee attack Secrets. has its melee <laughs> attack has like a lightning icon. I'm guessing those are just placeholders for the interceptor. They're just there it's for all now. Um, and, and it could very well be all lightning. I mean, the other, I think the Colossus actually has a fist for its melee attack. Um, so I don't know why this one wouldn't have a fist showing like, I mean, showing a fist as a melee attack is kind of universal, right? This is where, this is the button you push to punch something. So I don't know why it would show an electrical thing here. But one, Unless, one I mean, yeah. It's placeholder. Yeah. I, and it's, and I think it's all placeholder. A couple other things um, I want to talk about in this shot. Um, pushing up on the D-pad for your ultimate, I think that's bad button placement. I think you, it's I think it's very contrary to what everyone has done for the longest time. Because you have to take your thumb off the stick. Yep. And if you're moving and you're unless this one doesn't have a mobile ultimate, um, or you just activate it, I mean it's kind of like taking your thumb off the stick while you're moving in an encounter seems kind of like not the best thing to do, especially if you need to aim so mm -hmm, yeah. like i'm not a huge fan of that i would rather it be pushed down on well if you if you have it as a left stick you know push down on the left stick you'll be accidentally pushing that thing all the time but yeah it seems like the left right bumper your fingers are there already anyway it's a quick activation yep. and you're being able to aim and move at the same time of doing that so i'm not a huge fan of having it on the d-pad at all i don't know yeah. if you guys feel as strongly about that as i do but i do not want it tied to the d-pad yeah i preferred it the other way when it was uh, you know, both left and right bumper. So, JD, I agree. JD, do you have a preference? 
Um, honestly, I'm going to, I'm going to wait and hold judgment for when we actually get our hands on to play it. I mean, it might feel different. Uh, I know that usually, usually, uh, I mean, you usually have, uh, ultimates on, you know, both bumpers at once or both triggers at once or, uh, you know, something like that. However, you know, it, it having it just be like a single button, it, it could work, but. I, like I said, it just it really depends on how it actually how it actually plays when we get our get our hands on it. And, and you know, one of the big things is really going to depend on what kind of D pad you have. You go to throw down an emote or something, and you're you know you push right mm-hmm. on the D pad, and you accidentally push up just because yeah. of either the size or third party controller that you have, and you accidentally pop your super. That's not going to feel great. So, like, not a huge mm-hmm. fan. Like picking up a controller now is like I don't like this idea at all. So the, there was an interesting thing also since we're talking about the ultimate. Um, Mark Dare on Twitter, he was there, you know, because he continues to get asked about uh, changing your ultimate because right now there's only one ultimate per javelin and you can't change that. Right. But he compared uh, the ultimate to like changing a piece of gear. He's like, you only have one at launch, but afterwards. You know, I can't say, but it's it's just like changing a piece of gear. It's comparable to changing a piece of gear. So, yeah, that'll interesting. be interesting to see. I'm I'm guessing maybe later on. I think um, when we talked to Ben, he talked about. I don't. Yeah, I think it was Ben talking about maybe changing the status effect on supers from whatever status they have now to something different. So, and before mm-hmm. we before we move on from this, so we they have a mission up on this little on this slide that says it's the lost Arcanist, and we're supposed to locate mm-hmm. Matthias. So I'm guessing this is one of the very early missions that we are going through um, to unlock stuff, to bring the whole team together into the fort. So this is something that I think Well, it can't be too early, can it, if we have the Interceptor? Well, I think they said you'll be able to start unlocking Javelins fairly early. And if you can do that in yeah. any order, um, you know, maybe this, whoever's playing now, they went and got the Interceptor first. Yeah, they said you could, it's still being tuned, but like right now it's it's going back and forth between one and two missions. So, oh, seriously, yeah. that soon? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So, yeah. so not to mention that it could just be playtesting, where they're just playtesting with all javelins because just because you may not unlock it that early, doesn't mean that you might not be playing with somebody who's already gone through the mission to unlock it and is helping you out in an earlier yeah. mission. Yeah. So. So one more thing on the UI, I think that uh, the ammo count number is way too big, but that's just me. All right, moving that on. That is what they said. That is what they said. So then we got an up-close shot of the Ash Titan. This Ash Titan, we have not seen this attack before, but this Ash Titan actually brings up a pillar of lava from the ground. The last yep. um, Ash Titan we saw had its crotch open up and shoot a giant beam from its It crotch. was its chest, um, not the crotch. But uh, this one... Um, I mean, even is... if you would like it to be from the crotch, Steven, I mean, that's something you got to work out. But he does kind of keep going back to that, doesn't he? It's kind of oh, like... It's like right there in my mind. Yeah, I mean, you can't unsee it. So <laughs> this Ash Titan actually brings up a pillar of lava from the ground. So it's going to be like Moses throwing pillars of lava everywhere. But not that Moses did that. But I don't remember that in the Old Testament. Yeah. So this, <laughs> the interceptor actually flies with its arms out. I thought Devin would really enjoy this because this is like anime is all get out, right? Running around with your arms oh, just sticking yeah. straight out. So, so there you go. You got that. All right. So moving on, the next shot we have, we have a giant wyvern shooting a column of fire at our Colossus down here. Not much to see here. It happened so fast. It's very blurry. I couldn't get a really good shot of it um, being shown. But one of the cool things that I did like about this, 
that as the fire passes over the Colossus, there is some heat blur. I don't know what the technical term for that is called. There's that warpage that comes down when something's really hot, you know, and that happens actually around the Colossus. So that's a really cool effect that I like, you know, attention to that detail. So that is all I had for there. Did you guys have anything you wanted to talk about Wyverns? You guys all down nope. for the Wyverns or not? I just uh, really the effects look amazing. You know, everything like I've talked about many times before. Game looks gorgeous. So mech suits versus wyverns or draconic enemies. Oh my. Super rad. Super rad. Alright, moving on. We are now looking at the storm. This is the first time we're actually well, yeah, this is the first time we're seeing the perspective of the storm fighting an elite Ursic. So this is the giant bear creature the space bear that we have and you can see in this video we have there's a mission going on it's investigate the source of the shaper energy you're supposed to collect a couple fragments our storm hasn't collected any it's been slacking or it just happened that there's this elite ursix that showed up this time when it wasn't supposed to and it was unexpected so we've got this elite ursix um our storm looks like he has a handgun a two-handed handgun that they're firing at it and the ui yep. is also different in here so this is where i talked about it looks like there's two weapons for the storm one of them is hidden behind and there also looks to be some other shadowing in there so it's very hard to say like what ui that they're going with or what they're using because there's it just doesn't it doesn't seem like there's a lot of consistency across it so yeah. far just testing what, what works and you can see the ultimate bar down at the bottom uh is not hooked up to left and right bumper because that placeholder lightning ability is in there and i this, you know, the lightning is a different direction than it was before on the interceptor. The interceptor it was closer together and going up, you know, vertical, and then these this is it's still vertical, but it's going down. Yeah, and we've got some icons overlapping, so it's obviously nothing that's been finalized. But this one, I actually first looking at this, I thought that the storm did not have its cape on just because it was blended <laughs> in to the background, but then pointed out that yeah, it's just flapping around um, over on that side. So. That'll be interesting to have. And this is also different armor than we've seen on the Storm. Looks like this is a very gold looking armor. I think we've seen it a lot in white armor. So it'll be interesting to see. And like you said, Devin, before, this Ursix does not have a skull on its name tag, on its nameplate yeah. either. And usually the elites have had that skull with the single, the single points coming out the side. So. Yeah. Hmm. All right, moving on. We have a giant face statue. We've talked a little about this before. Um, what do you guys think? Shaper, human, scar, dominion, just some uh, design choice and architecture. All right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it it all looks cool and it all looks great and it looks like it should fit in a jungle ruin setting. So that's probably why it's there. Come on, Mike. This I should be we'll... like this should be like your thing. This <laughs> is like Frodo and Sam getting taken <laughs> across, seeing the statue of the king just out there in the middle of nowhere. And be like, that was a king at one time, right? That wasn't just some random. That was a king choice. at one time. It was a king You're at one correct, time. But, but so I, it's funny. It's funny because because I'm kind of far out on this uh, picture, looking at it on your screen, and it looked like a monkey skull. Monkey skull. Just the way the shadows are falling. Anyway, that's just what I thought of. I, I really, I really, as as much as we probably want this to be something, I I bet it's nothing. Oh come on! You don't make a giant statue and just make it's nothing. Easter Island heads. Yeah, that was nothing. Right. Those are important. Now, so the armor kind of looks, reminds me later we're going to be showing uh, when the Interceptor is fighting some something. And, uh, and when I was going through the shots, it looked like the, 
and I'll, you'll see him here later, that whatever it's fighting has some kind of armor on that kind of looks similar to that chest piece. But I don't know. It just kind of gave me the same vibe. Maybe. That creature. Maybe this is like on the way to the Fortress of Dawn, and that's like General Helen Tarsus. She was pretty manly. Maybe. I don't know. Could be. <laughs> I, got I don't nothing. think it is. I, got I don't nothing. think it is. I think it's. I think it's nothing. But we'll see. I could be wrong. I hope I am. I hope you're wrong too. You're probably wrong. All right, um, Devin, you put in this picture of our squad here. We got the four javelins all huddled together. The storm has a different chest piece than we have seen before. It also has a couple different pieces of armor on it. So other than yeah, that, so everything... a couple things. I liked the the slots on the interceptor's helmet there. If you see, if you're looking directly down on it, I thought those were interesting. Those are like that's the air intake. So as it's flying yeah. super fast, <laughs> you get yeah the air down get the back of your neck, so you don't there. get super sweaty. So also <clears throat> different forearms and legs for the ranger. Um, Mark Dare talked about this when they were talking about paint jobs and things like that, asking you know can you do individual arms and legs? And he said he believed that both the arms and legs are tied together. So when you're changing the paint scheme or whatever, it's going to affect both sides. And uh, so you can see it's got the white. You know, instead of just the, the iridescent paint job like normal. So, right on in that Colossus is exactly the same as if we've seen it, um, and it has not changed. Um, I think that yep. I think the helmet has changed. Before in 2017, that helmet plate was completely closed, and now it's open, so it can see out. So that's the only thing that I think we have seen change. Is it closed? Colossus. I don't know if it was closed. Yeah, on the yeah on the 2017, it is closed. So there's no red bar. It might have been. Yeah, the red bar was always there, but then there's the the plate that goes over the helmet, the extra kind of uh, buffer. Yeah, yeah, the metal hood that goes over the smaller head inside, which I still think is hilarious. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that. That's why I like the white Colossus. It's got the big red, the big giant glass ball head. Looks way better better than I think this one does. So I do like them glass ball heads. That's right. That's Helix uh, helmet in there. So. Okay, so so speaking of Halleck, no, speaking of speaking of speaking of Halleck, okay, how does he die? Because he dies, right? He's gonna die before the game is over. So he is gonna die. Like he's in that. No, you take every mentor character in any game, any movie, Mm -hmm. any book. That person dies. Okay, whether it's Dumbledore, whether it's um, uh, Dumbledore came back. No, he didn't. Dumbledore died. Whether it's Obi Wan Kenobi, whether it's hey, um, spoiler movie, spoiler. Yeah. Dude. So I'm just saying. Oh, well, if you haven't seen Star Wars from like the 70s, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert. But um, but they all come back. Force well, ghosts. They might come back as ghosts. Yoda came but, back. Okay. Just saying. I'm I'm saying Halleck dies before the end of the before the end of the game. That's all I'm saying. It's going to happen. I bet. I bet it's the your Strider gets attacked. And he uh, he has to pilot it, and he sacrifices himself so that everybody else can escape. And he and dies. then his spirit possesses one javelin, and it becomes one with the earth, and thus the wooden javelin is born. No, that's no, not how we, we get can't the have javelin. that origin story. Don't be tainting. No. <laughs> don't be tainting my wooden We're javelin on. origin story. We're moving on. Devin, we have a shot of the ranger fighting some defilers. You put this in here because you like defilers. No, I put it in there because it <clears throat> looks like they're like lava, lava digesters, by the way, and not defilers. <laughs> <laughs> Reading's hard. <clears throat> but yeah, no, it looks like they're just coming out of the lava. <laughs> <you know>? So, 
Interesting right. choice of word there, Stephen. But right, click um... this button. What do you mean they're not defilers? <laughs> they're defilers. They're digesters. No, the other ones are yeah, digesters. No, those ones have the two. It's a digester. Okay, we're moving on. Okay, this I like to call uh, micro missile management. So we have a shot of the Ranger going the ultimate? in. Right, micro missile management. What did I say? I don't know. Okay, yeah, this is the ultimate. I don't speak Spanish. Okay, you don't speak Spanish. That's fine with me. Okay, so we have a shot of the Ranger. He's using his ultimate or her ultimate. It's probably her. It's probably Jen in there. Um, Jen, congratulations on your promotion to um, a producer. We'll have to we'll have to get you on the show so we can get all the producers on the show. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so we have this Ranger fighting a bunch of Scars. We are actually, in fact, in the Temple of Scar. That's the name of this mission, the Temple of Scar, or that's either the location. And the person that we're Scar supposed to find. Um, we're supposed to locate Skelios. S-C-E-L-O-S. That's how I'm going to pronounce that. Skelios? Skelos? Skeletor? Skelos? Skelos? So continue exploring the Scar Nest. So we're going through this Scar, either whether it's, this is a stronghold or just a mission. But up on our radar, there's like 14 red dots up there. And we're just going to use our ultimate on here. So it looks like during our ultimate phase that the rest of the UI just completely disappears. And we only have our... Um, ultimate bar which is kind of interesting mm -hmm. but I mean this is also a new environment that we haven't seen it's like looks like a cave type structure where construction has gone on whether it's a mining facility whether people are just hiding out in these caves the scar um, are known as insect like creatures so I imagine you know they they do call they do say continue exploring the scar nest so they probably nested in this bunker whether it's made by the scar or is made and left over by the uh, shapers I don't know but those scars are going to die because there's a lot of uh, Iron Man missiles coming out of this thing. So <laughs> Tank missile. Yeah, and uh, so and then moving on, you can see the UI. UI's changed a bunch. Left bumper is the grenade. Right bumper, there's like some sort of fire ability. And then Y is going to be the melee. And it does show again that there's probably another weapon kind of like hidden, shadowed behind the main weapon on this thing. So, And I don't know if... I don't know if if the um, uh, shoot what's the weapon on the wrist called it's um i don't know if that wrist actually rocket because that Shock doesn't because that doesn't look like it shows up at all on the ui i think that's the right bumper so right bumper that's the little fire ability that it has okay that makes sense then because that's going to be one of those gear slots it's not exactly a weapon slot it's a gear slot yeah okay <laughs> moving moving on, on. You guys are like all about this. I like it. All right, moving on. So we are up and close and personal. This is a Scar Scout. We actually get a really good shot of it. Nice render. This looks like a cinematic. Um, it doesn't look like it's in-game unless I'm wrong. I'm probably not wrong. But it looks like um, the, the, interesting, I th the interesting thing I thought about this um, Scout is that it actually has five fingers. Um, before, we kind of speculated that the Scars were made up of a bunch of bugs based on something that Yaro said that you were able to read. But it looks like maybe they are individual humanoids. Um, I would think that if you have like a whole hive of people, of bugs inside one of these suits, it'd be pretty difficult to control. So I'm guessing it's just one humanoid creature inside It's all these one things. hive mind. Can... Oh, it's the hive. Where have we heard of that before? Halo. <laughs> so yeah, and I'm not a huge fan of that hive, like that idea that this guy, they're all connected and they're all just kind of drones. I'm not a huge fan of that yeah. in my yeah. science fantasy of all that that I've read. But um, what do you guys think? Are you guys still on on the train of they're all just a bunch of bugs like the Halo hunters controlling these things? Or is it just one individual inside these suits? 
Well, I, I don't think I ever thought it was more than one person, more than one thing inside of a suit. I thought it could be one thing in a suit that acted as a, as in with, with again with the hive mentality that, you know, they're just they're just fodder. There's a billion of them. I really hate that trope of there's a billion of them that you just have to fight and there's like no end to them. As long as you have enough bullets, you'll win eventually. Something like that. So like. So like I think of I think of the battle in Age of Ultron when like there's a bunch of drones but then you think to yourself there's a finite amount of vibranium that he stole so like there has to be a finite amount of robots to kill right. but it always seemed like there were more robots and it always happens in like the zombie movies there's always mountains and mountains of zombies and mountains and mountains of ads and and that's always bugged me because it's just ad after ad after ad after ad you know what I mean so it's more so it's more bullet management than it is fighting technical skills. Gotcha. Not a fan of that. I'm not. I want to I want to say it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B that it might be just one body inside a suit, uh, but the body might be animated by multiple bugs. Um, I mean, it's the whole thing is that. You know they the way how they've been described so far, both by the devs and you know by other well, like just even our interview with Mike Gamble where he was saying that you can tell that the scar are around because you see uh, a bunch of insects crawling around in that location. Um, you know that makes a little bit more sense. It um, makes a little bit more sense if you know like they're basically like go all going into like a bunch of them are going into one body to move it. You know, um, they're, they're humanoid mimics, so um, I, I, I'm still not entirely sure how it could work, but I, I think it might be like a body being animated by multiple insects. Hmm. Devin, do you have a stance? Are you taking a hard stance on this? Or is it like, whatever, uh, just shoot it in the face and move on? No, I think it's, you know, whatever they decide is fine with me. Okay. If it's good, it's good, is what you're saying. Next thing up, good, so good. Devin is good, obviously good. really tired, ready to go home. So next shot we have, we have the interceptor looking at this yeah, giant. Yeah, we're on like 36 seconds, though. Yeah, we're on 36 seconds, and we've been talking for an hour. So come on, guys. We might Stay have with to split me. this into Stay two. We might have me. to. This is how long? This, we broke down the 17-minute trailer. What did we do here? Yeah, this one was only like two minutes long. It wasn't even three minutes long. So, All right, then we have the interceptor right. standing in front of this spinny, shiny column thing. This is when they start talking about the Anthem of Creation. Um, no way yep. that this is the Anthem of Creation, right? I mean, nope. this is just kind of like, this has got to be another artifact it's that they use. Artifact, like a relic echo. that we have to silence. Something. Yep. I mean, because you Something speak Anthem of Creation, it surrounds us. It binds us all together. Um, yeah, this has got to just be a relic. Yep. Something we have to turn off. Something at the end of a mission. It could be that something. It could be a power core. There's a little thing up top. Looks like it's being powered by whatever whatever this thing is. So turn yeah. off the thing so the thing stops and this bug stop coming and you're good to go. So exactly. Moving on. You guys good? I think we're good. good. I'm all good. Right. Yeah. Okay. Then Devin threw in this picture of this Ursix. Why? I don't know. I just like the feathers coming off of it. It's you know it's got feathers. It's got a Ninja Turtle shell. Got everything. It'll look real good with that ray tracing. <laughs> it's got everything. <laughs> it's got everything. I think we found got everything. And I think it's I mean it. the coloring on this one it looks really cool. I mean it's a cool looking space bear. So 
I'm down with the space bear. All right, next thing. This is this is the one thing that I still have questions on. I can't get a good picture of this thing. The next thing we see, you see this interceptor flying through the air, doing some crazy ninja anime acrobatics, and it grounds pounds onto this gray creature. It's like a humanoid creature. I have no idea what this is. I can't get like a clear picture of it. Looks like it's wearing armor, it. right? You think you think it's wearing armor? Yeah, like when I zoomed in, and, you know. Zooming in here. Zooming in here. It looks like it's wearing armor to me right now. And uh, like I put a couple shots in here where like you can see the boots and stuff, but this is the upside down version of after their interceptor completely destroys its day. Yeah, I don't I mean, could this just be a ragdoll while they're doing development? Because just to play with the physics? Yeah, because yeah, I, I, I mean, it's really hard to make out any details on the thing. I mean, it happens so fast. It's not like in 4K. I don't even know if it's in 1080p anywhere mm. where you can actually see it and zoom in on this thing. But it just seems like this is the first time. It looks like it's not in a suit at all. So is this like the first time we're seeing something out of the suit in the jungle? It's not like in a javelin? Or yeah. I mean, those the scar they have different like helmet pieces on, but it's not like a javelin suit. But Right, but I mean, this thing has nothing on. Yeah, I mean, it looks like there's a chest. They have a, a different kind of chest piece on, because um, you can see it's different. It's definitely different colors in the pants and stuff. But and also, like the interceptor doesn't even hit it. It just gets blown away by the shock wave from when it slams the ground. So if you watch the video, like if you repeat it over and over, you can see that the interceptor goes directly like in front of it or to the left or right of it, whatever direction you want to say. <laughs> it it doesn't actually hit it. It just hits the ground, and that shockwave of flame and stuff goes out, and it flings it away. So it had an AOE attack that was able to damage it. Uh-huh. Very cool. I don't know what this is. It's interesting. It looks weird. It makes a weird sound when you kill it. But, man, do you see the foliage all around this thing? That is some pretty fantastic foliage. Well done. <laughs> all right, yeah. You can tell that there's a little bit of armor in there, um, this next shot that you got of it. But I don't know what this thing is. I bet it's going to be nothing. All right. Next thing we go, we go to the shot of I don't even remember what the name of this Corvus, person is. Um, we know she's Corvus, and I think they said a name, and it, it's a girl's name too. But um, <laughs> it's a girl's name too. And it's a girl's name. JD, too. you're gonna have to help me out with this one. Do you remember the name of Corvus Agent? Red suit coat. Also, does not have anything on her head. Most you know what? I I, I actually do. I am pretty sure it's our it's our good friend uh, Terry Jeffords. Okay, we're gonna move on because <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> All right, then we got. We'll we'll make we'll, we'll kind of cut these things a little bit shorter because we've got a lot of cool environments that we're flying through. We're seeing different colors on all of our javelins. The ranger is showing green, and then we go back to our this other um, this Corvus agent. And if there's one thing that you want to say to me that gets me to not want to know you, it's tell me that you're someone that I want to know, right? And that's the line that this person de delivers to us during the storyline. Yeah. So. Like, I, I also I put this here for a couple reasons, right? Okay. So <clears throat> look at that sentinel's left hand. Look at look at the wrist. That's a robot. Yeah, I'm like, where does the hand go? Right? So I'm like, is the hand done before? Is like the hand somewhere in in the forearm there? In the forearm. And it's controlling it? Because obviously it's much larger than the person that's in there. So their arms are not going to be able to bend in the same spots. I'm like, okay, where, where does it go? 
you know. And I saw that because you, know, you can definitely see the hinge and crap there, and it's definitely not a person's wrist. So yeah, this is and, this is interesting because I always assume that like we know that the that the legs go to that first or to whatever joint that they have down there, but I always mm-hmm. assumed that the hands came all the way through into gloves. But you're and right in this picture. This is obviously not connected at all, except by a hinge. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so if you look in the back above the sentinel's hand, there, there's another sentinel, and a person standing. Like, and like when I kind of zoomed in, it looked like there's a person there, just standing with them. They have the same colors as the sentinels. It kind of got like, like a little cape like, on it. Yeah. It's like, is this a? Well, it, it's not. It's not another javelin. It's just like when I zoomed in, it was just another person. Right, but the person has yeah. a cape on. Yeah, they have like some kind of tunic or whatever on, you know. And I was like, is this maybe they're they're not in a javelin suit yet for the Sentinels, but they're part of the Sentinels, you know? Maybe they have to graduate to become, you know, full fledged Sentinel to be able to be in that javelin. It's the Sentinel internship. Yeah, they're in training. <laughs> like you must stand guard out here with me without the javelin to protect you. I mean, someone's got to <laughs> give them water, right? Yeah. Someone's got to give them water. Go grab me some water. It's like the uh, people that were dressed up as the javelins at EA Play. Someone had to bring those guys yeah. water. They're very strong there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that that's interesting. I didn't even I didn't even think about the hands because then if if your hands aren't actually connected to the hands, what are they controlling inside of that forearm piece to yeah. where you have that kind of Gloves. level of control? Gloves that are. Well, I'm like, what you call it? Mo-caps. How much how much space is in there? You know, because like the biceps are huge. It's like mine are. It's like your <laughs> arm moving around in there. What's going on? And so, I just thought that was interesting when I was watching it. I was like, I mean, obviously I think that's that. I there. think that's that science fantasy part that we're not supposed to think too much about. No, no, which is fine for me. I don't no, care. I'm thinking about it, but okay. And then the last thing, this person way over here on the left. What the crap are they wearing on their head? This person <laughs> like a- has like a ski mask. <laughs> With like a painted on turtle. Honestly, skull. right now it looks like a little turtle head. It does. Uh, what I'm looking at. Like, what is going it's on cosplay. with what is going hey guys, on with all these? Somebody, I found this turtle shell out in the wild. Where should I put it? On your head. I like it. Yeah. Imagine what the turtle like. Well, t- the turtles are like here on this planet. Yeah. Like, they're probably tall, bipedal, and love pizza. Probably. All right, moving on. So I just did another one that had a little bit clearer image, and you can kind of see that helmet again. Oh, and then you if don't. you zoom in, like on my screen, I'll show the video. I'll zoom in and move up here. No, you can I'm, see that I'm person in. standing in the back. I'm all the way zoomed in. Wearing, who just who just got back from the gym because he's wearing his basketball shorts and his cutoff t-shirt? He really is. No, he it's, just n- got it's not balls. shorts. It's like, <laughs> a, a tuning, it's, it's, you know, it's like a toga, kind of. No, he just got back from the gym. He was balling it up. <laughs> Looks like he's got a knee brace on, probably. Yep. 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 His shirt, definitely his got back says, from the gym. Uh, Years of having his, knee, his knees bent yeah. all weird like that in the javelins, you know, really takes its toll. Yeah. It really was. That's I mean, his arms look long enough to go down in that regular arm placements, but I don't know. Huh. All right, moving on. Well, I am going the wrong way here. Moving on. You included this shot. Of this I just like the way it looked. It looked pretty good. <laughs> yes, that's like that's a good kind of ominous. Shot. That that uh, javelin on a pike. That's another sentinel that couldn't handle, you know, going out into the real world. 
Good luck. We stay inside Fort Tarsus to keep the law here with the people without javelin suits. Or, or if Devin, the first time he dies. <laughs> I'm like, oh, they got me. All right, then we get the storm flying. The storm is going to go fly over and pick up a treasure chest. And out of this treasure chest, there are three little... What do you think they're going to call these things? Just pickups, drops? They're not going to call them engrams. Um, diamond pickups. Diamond pickups. Haven't they used to work for this before? No, um, I don't think so. Not that I loop. know of. Yeah, they just call it loot or gear drops. Loop. Weird yeah. crystal things. And then we get this sweet picture of this javelin with its arm. A lot of people have been speculating that these circle things are the seals that they talked about on the website. I don't think they're seals. That seems a little too easy to be like, oh, this mechanical thing that we're going to put on your shoulder is a seal. I think it's more like mind Jedi type deal that has to do with the telekinetic properties of a cipher. So I could be wrong, but it would seem weird that, you know, is every piece of storm gear going to have, you know, all these seals on it? Because that would be kind of redundant. The concept art shows that it isn't. There's a bunch of different looking concept art for a storm arm that shows that they don't have these. So, I mean, I think they look cool. They're animated. They've got little lightning tendrils that come off of these things. So I'm excited for them. But this is also the first time we're seeing a different chess piece for, for the storm. So... We haven't seen a lot of different gear for a lot of the javelins, but this is one of those cases where there is. So, and they open this giant box, and there's who puts these boxes out here? I mean, that's a giant box. Looks like it has a leather strap. Or a metal strap. There, it wasn't even locked. There better not have been anything good in there. So, yeah, it's all gonna... whites. It's not good. Yeah, it's, it's all whites. All right, and then we got a picture of Faye. Um, we're going to go through these. We've seen Faye. We've seen this with uh, the player looking over the fort. If there's something you guys want to talk about, you guys go ahead and install me. We saw this screen at the um, PAX panel. There's two cool statues of rangers outside guarding something. And then we get the picture of the marketplace where we see the back of Bryn. Um, apparently, and Victor the player again. We see the player, probably one of the... I think they said that the player is only going to be able to change like um, the heads of the player. So body type yeah, isn't going to change. Yeah, you choose multiple types of heads. But there will be different types of heads. So, Like Which two heads? I don't know. And then we got... So then we have a picture of Owen and a cipher chair. Do you guys think this is in the fort or is this in one of that community college where they learn how to be ciphers? Because there's quite a few chairs here. So... It's a training center. So it might be. Some, just because there's... There's multiple chairs, like, kind of right next to each other. This Maybe is, it's where he's learning how to be a cipher. Yeah. And I, I'm guessing every every um, javelin pilot gets a cipher, or maybe just those that can afford it. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. Okay, then we've got a picture of, as we go through these, we're almost done, I promise. you got plenty of time. I mean, you guys have got nothing to do, right? We don't have work in the morning. Do you? Mm. We do have work in the morning? All right. Yeah. We'll finish up here really quick. You have a picture of a ranger javelin in the background. It looks like kind of a marketplace. Do you guys think we are going to have places where you can buy javelins? I mean, they haven't really talked a lot about buying javelins Maybe not a full set, all. but maybe gear. Maybe like black market yeah, there's, gear. There's, there's, a, uh, yeah, there, you can buy gear. Yeah. Well, I, well, I mean, can you like job, buy Dan. a suit that was of a javelin? Great sentence. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> We're doing great. And then there's a, <laughs> then we have images of a bar. There's a CD underground that we have, and then so uh, so go back one go back one image, Steve. Uh huh. So those of you who uh, who can't see this, who are listening, um, only just think of uh, Moss Eisley because that's kind of the image that goes in my head. 
you know, do 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 do. That's just maybe they've never watched that. Can you describe it a different way? Moving on. All right, moving on. We are on a mission. We are following a Colossus, and we are on a mission. We are supposed to rescue Sentinels. Why, Start the if, the, if the Sentinels are supposed to be in the fort, what on earth are they doing out here? I mean, why would for they the be same, leaving? For the same reason that Punching you have to do anything weight. in games. You got to go do it to be a hero, and we're going to be the hero in our epic Did you, did you notice the Colossus combat is different? Yes. Except that you can't it's see a lot fire? of it because of the giant cannon that it has on there. I know the colors are different. The shoulders, the shoulders are the same as the yeah. as the red one though. They've got the horn, the bull hooks on there, so mm -hmm. you really can't see a lot of it other than the colors different. It's pretty cool. It, it is, is pretty, pretty cool. cool, huh? Weird. So you're supposed to rescue a couple sentinels here. There's four that you're supposed to rescue. I say just let them die if they're gonna go out there. I mean. They get they get to come wow, up and sentinels dude. don't like You're us nice, anyway, man. right? Okay, moving on. This is one of the cool things that we have. We show a I'm gonna guess this is kind of like a puzzle movement type thing where there are three beams of energy coming at us. It looks like you probably have to dodge them. If not, you probably will die if you get hit by one of these beams. It's like you know, shaper energy. <laughs> yeah, it'll shut you yeah. down and you'll die. So the mission on this is, so we have, the mission is called Early Warnings. Your objective is to prevent a cataclysm event. That sounds important. So, and we're supposed to locate yeah. a Shaper anomaly. So, you know, preventing a cataclysm event, that sounds like something that you should probably do. You probably fail at this mission, you know, something bad's probably going to happen. And this is a huge tunnel. I mean, this is a huge, giant-looking Shaper structure that's either underground, just right above ground. It looks like there's water underneath us. So this is. Do either, you think that could be inside one of the uh, extension the cords? Under inside the extension cord? No, I don't think it'd be inside mm -hmm. the extension cord. Not with all the water mm -hmm. underneath running around it. But one maybe of the, it's not water. Maybe it's plasma. One of the giant extension cords probably powers this place, and you have to shut it down. But I maybe. mean, this this could even be the place where that shaper anomaly, shaper relic, is actually located. Because see, there's like you know a bright shiny the glowing that at you're the end yeah. to go to. So the light so, at the end of the tunnel, as it were. As it were. And then we get a cool shot of the uh, Ursix being struck by lightning from the storm. This is not the storm's um, ultimate, which is kind of interesting because this is like one mega lightning. Mega ultimate? Yeah. So this isn't the ultimate of the storm. We don't know what that is going to be. Some people have speculated that it's supposed to be really loud based on a couple of things that they took off of their website, but we haven't seen that yet. And at the end, we get this major fight with this Ursix with all four of our javelins shooting at it, trying to hit it with a shock mace. Um, they have matching equipment, you know, gear, skins. If you're looking through all of them, the ranger had, they all have the sit, you know, like the same kind of coloring. Looking. Yeah, it's like. It's like, a color, white, like, it's like a white and green not, color scheme. It's not Legion of Dawn, is it? No, this is not the Legion of Dawn set. Okay. But, yeah, they all match. You got to make yourselves match. So, we got some pretty cool images here. I suggest people go in clan thing. walk through this. Because they said that you'd be able to form clans, right? Yes, they or have. Yeah, clans or guilds. So, so, but, oh, guilds, yeah. So, maybe it's, maybe it's guild armor. That'd be kind of cool. All right, guys, yeah. that is the two minutes that we took spending a lot of time talking about. Um, a lot of time. There's still a lot more to unpack. We skipped I mean, over some of the important things here at the very end. Still. Oh, what did I skip over? Please. 
So <clears throat> see those see those rocks right there? No. See the funny thing so about those bricks is that they came from the original Fortress of Dawn. Now we know this because Helena was actually married to a stonemason. Now if you go back into the freelancer cortex that was put out, you'll find out that her husband's name was George, which is kind of odd. George kind of struggled at the beginning and Helen was like, "Well, if we're going to be together, you're going to have to get your act together." He says, "Okay, I'll be a stonemason, you be the leader of the free people." And they said, "We'll make it work." And so George was like, "I'm a stonemason." <laughs> Anyways, so when I'm looking at these images when the rangers you can see that the lightning in that picture starts before the grenade actually hits, and that's because the storm is down below. Through the lightning, so a lot of people were like, "Oh, is that a lightning grenade slash explosion?" Which it's not, because it still keeps floating and it has not hit it. Lightning has even started. Again, I showed the the effects. It would be nice if you know they turned their damage numbers back on, so we could see that they that was generating a combo, but. They turned them all off for some reason. I don't understand why they turned off the coolest part of this game, you know, showing combo up everywhere. So then I have another image. I've got it up here on my screen for the YouTube viewers here. But uh, you have the ranger getting ready to use, you know, the baton or whatever you're, they're calling it. I forget Shock mace. Shock mace. That's the one, uh, you know. And you also have another close-up of the storm's arm. And then I, I liked the effects on the storm because it's getting ready to do like a ice effect, and so you can see like it's freezing up that side of the of his javelin. Correct. As going through. Yep. And then so you can see that that's pretty sweet looking. And then again, I just showed a close up of that armor. So that's cool. That's what I wanted to talk about. Well, I'm glad you did because that is a lot of cool <laughs> stuff that we talked about. Guys, there's and one we're more. We're not even done. No, we're not. Right. I want to be done so bad. There's one more thing that we. There's one more thing that we wanted to show off. So we reached out to um, Laser Lazare. I call them lasers because I don't know how to speak real right. So Lazare has been um, putting out a lot of great fan art for Anthem. Been doing a lot of the promotional style um, art that we have seen. The Posters of each Javelin, posters of Helena Tarsus, um, posters of the Dominion. And we reached out and uh, Lazare did a promotional pro or a, what, what is it, what's it called? A not, a motivational propaganda po poster. Yeah, there you go. A propaganda poster for the Freelancer Codex. And Mike, because this is kind of like your, you are the impetus of our whole mascot here. I want you to give us My a brainchild. Breakdown. Yeah. So break us down this whole story of our wooden Javelin here. So so it was pretty awesome getting down to, to sit with him. Devin and JD and I were able to sit down with Lazare um, a few days ago and, and chat with him. Steven wasn't able to make it. Um, and so we go through and we talk about, we talked about kind of the way that this came about and the reason that we chose a wooden javelin and, and all the good stuff there. And, um, and I think we're tacking that on to the end of our, our episode, right, tonight, Steve? That is correct. We're going to throw that on? Because, yeah, because yeah. that explanation is in there, so I don't want to bore you and double up anything. Um, but that explanation on how that came about is, is in that interview. And so um, we'll throw it up here, and you'll be able to figure out. You'll, I mean, those of you who have followed us from the beginning kind of know where it came from. But for those who have picked up on us. Um, have a listen and you'll understand why we joke about the wooden javelin and give each other grief about the wooden javelin and kind of are really serious about our wooden javelin. So, 
but major major thanks to Lazare for being able to to do this for us again we cannot we cannot say enough how cool we think his artwork is all done on an iPad you'll find out mm-hmm. um, when you get to talk to him so that's all that's all done on an iPad so it's Super great nice stuff. guy too yeah it's great stuff he's a funny guy too we're gonna have him back on because he's pretty funny all right guys this has been a long episode 54 of the freelancer codex podcast stay tuned at the end of our outro so you can hear that interview with lazare but for steve mike devin and jd there's a shaper storm on the horizon we'll see you on the other side peace in the next bye bye thanks for listening you can find us on twitter at freelancer codex on Facebook at Freelancer Codex or through email at freelancercodex at gmail.com. Join the Discord through the link provided at freelancercodex.com. Our show will always be free, but if you'd like to send some support, you may do so at patreon.com slash freelancercodex. Our individual Twitter handles are at Stephen Lamson, at mlamson25, at neverfear, and at JD the Joke Dealer. Freelancers, it's time, time to get to, get to work. work. Well, freelancers, welcome into this very special segment that we've got for you right now. We'll excuse Steve. He was not able to join us for this, but we are joined with a very special guest, um, Discord user Legion of Potatoes, Lazare. Welcome in. Welcome in. It's a pleasure to have you. Here. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, we're going to get to the big piece of news that we have um, coming up here in a second, but at first, first, what we want to do is, Lazare, we give you the opportunity to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, your uh, your connections to Bioware and uh, and the games, and and how you first got into Anthem, and and what you do now. So, kind of a mouthful, but but just kind of let us know who you are. Hey, well, my connections with Bioware run deep, man. Uh, so, yeah, I'm Lazare. I'm uh, I'm a, an artist from Georgia, and. I first got into Bioware games back in, I believe it was 2007 when Mass Effect first came out. I I think it was just an Xbox, though. I played it, I think, at a friend's house, got hooked. Then I think it hit PC a year later. I think I'm remembering this right. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. That was it for me. I, I got sucked in the hole. Mass Effect was actually the first uh, game I played from Bioware. Then I went back to KOTOR from there. Then I jumped back to Dragon Age, you know, did everything, Inquisition, all the works. And yeah, it's one of the most like influential things that happened to me in gaming. And that then started, of course, influencing I made. Uh, that also kind of started in parallel with my obsession with Bioware. So, you know, that's why my portfolio is mostly just Mass Effect fan art. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, right on. That is so cool. Was there any Bioware game that you don't like? You can tell the truth. <laughs> it's fine. You're with yeah, friends. Or... Well, there's... The thing about Bioware games is they're so different from one another. So there's stuff I maybe don't like from one game. But overall, I mean, they're all great. I haven't had a bad apple yet. I'd tell you if I had one. <laughs> the diplomatic I, I, answer. 
Yeah, yeah, I haven't played the, the the what's that? The Star Wars MMO they made, the Old Republic, I think. Okay, right. Um, but that's just because I'm not into MMOs. But I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's good for what it is. Awesome, and your fan art has been blowing up. Um, we we got a taste of it, and and it is just some amazing stuff. And it's and and so tell us. Tell us then why why Anthem um, why Anthem is it is it because your Bioware ties is it because is it because of what the game shows and and the possibilities like like what is it that is drawing you to Anthem? So it's parts the Bioware ties for sure because you know what's coming right you know right. it's gonna be a world that's up to their standards of storytelling etc cetera, etc. Cetera. It's part uh, it's part also the aesthetic the what they're showing the you know, the visual impact of it all. And it's also part why I'm personally invested in it. And I talked about this a little bit with uh, William from Your Anthem is because it reminds me of an old game I really liked, but not really liked, but I thought could be great. It was called Dark Void. I don't know if you guys have played it, uh, but it had this really interesting flight gameplay. And I really love the flight gameplay. You know, I'm, I find it really cool. They're gonna do it justice here, and that that kind of all those things kind of coalesce and you know make me excited. And then I turn on my iPad and start drawing, and stuff happens. <laughs> Apparently, cool. people like it. <laughs> you know what? I when I can't draw a straight line without the use of a ruler and a protractor and a compass and and you know and a motion stabilizing desk and stuff, then yeah, the stuff. It blows me away that people are so talented with with stuff like a pencil. Devin's laughing because he knows me and he knows that I really can't do much. And so people who can, I'm just in awe of. And so, like, it's amazing. The stuff that we've seen has been amazing. And I'm glad that you brought up this this idea of flight because that's one of the things I've been thinking about recently, and how how versatile the world is going to be um, just by adding that that x axis. Maybe it's the y axis, the z axis. What axis is it when you go up? Uh, I think it's Y, but well, I, I could see. be wrong. If you're I think in it's 3D y. modeling software, it's Z, or if you're in it, different... I mean, it just depends on what Anyway, you're so adding that <laughs> level verticality. of verticality... That verticality, we'll just use that word. That level of verticality, just it, it's going to be awesome in this game. And, I, and that's probably one of the things that I'm most excited for because, because we haven't seen it um, yet. And so the possibilities kind of excite me. Um, are you guys like nervous about it at all about the flight and what it could mean? No, I'm not. No, you're not I, nervous by getting thrown down by that ceiling. No, I don't think it's going to throw you down. Like when you get to the top, it's just going to be turbulence and it's going to let you know, okay, you've reached the limit. Time to you know, time to get back down. Come back down. I mean, I don't think we've really seen a lot of instances of it yet, but I am a little curious as to what happens when you fly into something because we've seen them mostly you know like like, this. like you you land you <laughs> land like, I, I know i know we see them like land on the ground and we usually see them land on the ground but like we haven't really seen what happens like if they fly like head on into a tree or into a cliff or whatever and you would assume that you crash so i'm just wondering how that like i'm curious as to how that works it's gonna be an amazing learning curve once we all jump in with our with our first ranger and like okay let's fly and then you know we explode two seconds we'll later fly and... into that tree as a group. <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly let's all see how this works we'll definitely George. have to make a uh, make a flying blooper video from all of our 
flying fails. It'll be fun. George, George, George of the Anthem. Sick. I told you, he just breaks out in a song. They don't always make sense. They don't always fit, but you know what? Oh, like He's our JD. He's our JD and we'll take him. So I was going to so, pick you guys another one for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going to ask you, Lazari, uh, what kind of software do you do? Do you use, you know, when you're making your art? So uh, you would assume that I'm like a Photoshop Illustrator Pro or something, but I really don't know squat about those those things. <laughs> I started I started drawing on an iPad, and I'm still there because it kind of gets the job done. Wow. I use software like um, Sketch Club, Procreate, Adobe Draw. I also use Affinity. People who are aware of uh, mobile art will probably understand this, but it's it's not like a renowned suite of you know high-end software i just kind of learned something on my own and stuck with it and that's where i am very nice yeah i think that's so cool several of my friends that draw on uh, ipads they don't use you know expensive software and it's just kind of amazing amazing to me so i just wanted to see what uh, what you used so the 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 main one i use uh, sketch club i think it's like six or seven bucks like that's it you you download it it has like a, its own social feed like feedback tools it's so much stuff I, i'm not plugging it by the way i'm not, I'm not getting paid by <laughs> sponsored it. video right no, sponsored video right <laughs> no, no no that's cool i i know i've i've talked to other people and and it's just interesting to find out what people use to make their art and because uh, there is those options of buying the most expensive stuff or using different programs and whatever you learn on uh oftentimes i've found you know I used to do a lot of digital art with 3D modeling and stuff where I would start using a program and I just kept using that same program even though other people were using the most expensive, you know, like 3DS Max, right. those type of stuff. And right. I was like, well, I don't use that because I didn't learn on that. So. <laughs> right. So cool. Plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I just want to say, plus, it's kind of like still at a hobby stage for me because I have a day job which is sort of unrelated to art so that allows me to kind of explore it at my own pace not get you know the professional expectations and standards and such so yeah for sure for sure well so so we're gonna go ahead and do this now because because i'm excited to get this out so this is the moment that we've all been waiting for this is a world premiere for the freelancer codex this is some art that Lazari has done for us. And for those of us who, who may have been following the show for a while, you will understand this hopefully almost immediately because um, of, uh, <laughs> of something that happened in episode, it was early on, episode one, two, three, you know? And so, and so hopefully it'll, it'll all make sense. And this is, I mean, it's amazing. Like, like I'm, I'm seeing phone covers and, and phone lock screens and, and all kinds of cool stuff. Big old poster behind me. So it's oh, going to be awesome. So, Devin, Devin, without further ado, Shoot, I will you go ahead and... Before you even finished. I oh, was... my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You jumped the gun. So this is it. This is it. This is the, the artwork that Lazare has done for our Freelancer Codex. And it's just, like I said, if you, if you follow the show, you'll know exactly what it is and, and, and why I think, why we think it's so cool because... Cause it's a wooden javelin. It's a wooden, it's a wooden javelin. javelin. So I, oh man, it's. We, I knew maybe, it was coming. We'll give him the oh, background story. You know, so I put it up on my screen because I'm recording it. Uh, obviously, they can't see it on the video unless you guys are looking at it. Um, but so, Mike, we had we had talked about this and where it came from was we were talking about shaders and and uh, skins for javelins, 
and we're just talking about javelins in general, and Mike's like, just brought up a wooden javelin just <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> and so we've been talking about that wooden javelin for a long time. And oh, come on. Uh, we all know where it comes from because when you first start in a game, <laughs> they give you, like, level minus two gear. and Ghetto gear. You do. Oh, yeah. you, get, you get ghetto gear that you keep for five minutes until you find something new. Oh, look, your ghost has found you a gun. Yeah, he found <laughs> us a gun. Anyway... So I postulated that it was going to be a wooden javelin because you always start with something kind of kind of small, and so I think that's genius. Yeah, <laughs> Ben Ben Irving thought that was hilarious. He's like, "What? What? Yeah, definitely. You're right. Oh, like man. in the game, yeah. Something to like, you know, you don't keep it for very long because you find something else in the wild, and then you're like, okay, maybe you don't keep it very long because it like burns up when you yeah, engage the just, trust. It, so. there, there was <laughs> that on fire. There you. was that too. There I was mean, that. You could get it properly treated. You know, yeah. oh, right. yeah, yeah. it's got to be burnt. modern times. You know, it's modern waterproof. times, man. I mean, yeah. that it would be cool. You know, if they had a wooden javelin skin in the game. We talked to this to uh, Jonathan Warner also when we went to EA Play. He thought it was yep. hilarious. And, uh, he did. Cool. He didn't make me feel dumb at all. <laughs> <laughs> it was good, but wasn't it? Wasn't it Mike Gamble that said like no or something? One, what so, someone told me straight out no that it wasn't going to be there. Uh, Mark like... Dara likes his short, groped answer. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, this is awesome, Lazari. This is this is totally cool, and we're going to geek out about this for a while. But but I mean, while we got really, you here, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's awesome, it's awesome. So, so what are you working what, on this? Yeah, what uh, what are your expectations for for Anthem? Besides, I mean, you talked a little bit about the flying and stuff, but what is it that you're most looking forward to uh, when Anthem comes out? I'm gonna like piggyback a little bit on the flying stuff, and you guys talked about how we haven't really seen it yet. I, I want to know how the exploration works as you know like as a gameplay moment as moment to moment gameplay because it's unclear at this point how much you know the verticality will play into it how about the what do they call it the free play right when you you can go out and explore on your own like how loaded with content that will be maybe not Mm -hmm. story content but like what type of side missions we'll have or whatever anthems alternative to side missions are because as far as i'm aware we won't have any npcs out there you know outside of tarsus so like it's interesting how they're gonna execute that because i'm I'm not a big uh i'm not a big online uh, game guy i i don't really play looter shooters but you know uh again they talk about maybe getting uh, single-player people to try this, and I'm going to be one of those people. I'm going to try. Uh, I'll see where it takes me. Maybe I'm maybe, maybe a mate for co-op games. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right? overall interested in how it's like... I, I still don't have a good enough understanding of the core gameplay loop, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, right. what is that? So well, I, like I, I want to understand it. that. Yeah, like you said, everything we we have seen has been on the ground fighting, and and we've seen flying when you get to those on the ground battles, but but we haven't seen a lot of a lot of okay now you can fly through this and get this um, chest maybe you can fly through here and get this achievement, you know I could see maybe I don't know what I could see I I, I guess you kind of liken the flying to sparrows 
maybe as a, as a means of getting from place to place in destiny. And so maybe there's, you know, maybe they'll have a, a flying event like they had a sparrow racing event. I don't know, but, but it's a good point. You know, what is, what is the flying going to have in relationship to story and, and how does it all fit in? Or is it just getting from point to point? I think it's going to be more than point to point. Um, but I mean, they they did to, say so when you're playing, like the story, there is some exploration, but they also kind of, mm-hmm. you know, kind of point you in the right direction, filter you, yeah. yeah. Whereas in the they want you to do the free roam. They built that in that entire gameplay mode, where you can go and explore the entire world and go find all the lore, and all the materials you need for crafting. Uh, you can find you know, boxes with you know treasure or whatever they want to call it. Right, whatever they're, whatever they're going to call it. Yeah, so I mean, it's going to be interesting because for people who want to find all that stuff, the to me it seems like they're kind of making it where it's more advantageous to play in free roam and not really focus on the story missions. Or maybe you play through all the story missions and then it's like, okay, now I need to go and do all this stuff while I'm waiting for my friends to get on before we can do other game content. I don't know. So, Right. Uh, yeah. JD, you had something. Uh, I was just going to ask. Uh, <laughs> we we asked this of every guest. Uh, we asked this of every guest, uh, but we didn't ask you yet. Uh, Lazare, what javelin do you plan to uh, oh, yes. main? Oh, the main question. The big one. <laughs> the, the big, big one. question. The big one. The main question, if you will. Oh, I like the ranger. I like the... Jack of all trades. I'm kind of the boring guy, you know. I like to make. Oh, that's the not bad... boring. That's not boring. That's Mike's number one. That's Mike, and we're not boring, Lazare. <laughs> I, I would never. I would never insinuate that you. <laughs> I'm talking about uh, no. me here. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. Jack of all trades approach in RPGs, and that's sort of what I'm seeing with Ranger, right? Uh, the, the, yep. uh, but but uh, but I gotta say, the exactly three seconds of interceptor gameplay. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. <laughs> it was less than three You're seconds. You're like, yes, I'm going to do that. I'm hooked. It took me three seconds. Oh, Once you go interceptor, you never go back. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so That's going to be know. the interesting thing, right, with the four javelins. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you want to play as the one. They say it's going to be more... Uh, you know, the loot's going to be more tailored to the javelin you're playing, but you can still get loot for your other javelins. So it'll be interesting how much, you know, we got to trade out javelins to really kind of level them up and yeah. uh, get experience with them. So, yeah. Yeah. And again, it's just so incredible that all the javelins have some level of appeal. Like, it's a, well... It's well, I mean, the whole thing is that, like, you're not, like, I haven't seen a lot of people come on and just say, like, specifically hands down they're only going to do one like uh mike gamble was like oh i like the storm but i also like the other one you know ben irving he he was kind of like between a couple of them i know i'm between a couple of them i know you're pretty hardcore ranger uh mike but you know see that see that that's my art level that's the stuff (laughs) like like shapes i didn't even do that i took that from anthem itself like that's that's my that's my extent I told Stella you, man. Works too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, we appreciate That's you good. saying that. Well, I appreciate you saying that. See, guys, you can be nice to me. It's fine. See, people who never even met me before can be nice to me. It's cool. That's because they've I mean, never met you. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Kevin. 
Thanks, Devin. <laughs> I appreciate you, man. <laughs> I, I appreciate all my compliments you. over the last year mean nothing. <laughs> Never. <laughs> all right, so before uh, we got we got distracted. Sorry, sorry, we got sidetracked. <laughs> now, now Lazarus can can tell us where we can find him before we forget. Sorry, Grimrod's uh, uh, on Twitter. That's my handle, and that can take you everywhere. So, uh, I'm making. I'm still making Anthem fan art. I have some projects kind of on the horizon, so. And I do commissions also, as you can see here. And I really, really enjoyed working on this one, by the way. wanted to say oh, thank that somewhere. You. But yeah, yeah. I, I love the concept. Because you know I love the propaganda. I, yeah. I love that stuff. <laughs> Ultimate. I don't think this is the last we've seen of Lazari. You know, we might have to commission some more art, maybe near the launch. Or, or just have a yeah. Mac in general. It would either. This 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 is a blast. Thanks for having me again. Hey, anytime, anytime. We appreciate you. We appreciate you coming on yeah. and talking with a bunch of nerds who are just a bunch of nerds. <laughs> One of them is dissolving into his background and hey, it's cool. Hey, I I'm just a bunch of nerds under a trench coat. That's that's just who I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very cool. Very cool. Well, guys, like we said, unless there's anything else that that we want to bring up, talk about. We haven't really heard anything from our since our last recording. Nothing, nothing has jumped out new, and so, and so, like I said, there might be a shaper storm coming up. We'll see you on the other side. See you on the other side. <laughs> bye bye.